Welcome to this week's Energy Show. This week, we're going to delve into the question, what solar panels should I buy? What solar panels are the best? Well, it's a question we get asked all the time. It's at the front of, so- of solar customers' minds, even though they may not ask. Well, here's the reality as somebody that's been in the business for a long time. All panels generate the same electricity. Your appliances can't tell the difference between an electron from a really expensive high-efficiency panel from an electron from a really cost-effective lower-efficiency panel. But there are clear-cut differences in the efficiency of panels, in the cost, in the aesthetics, in the installation labor, and now on the availability. Now, these other distinctions are really subjective, like the brand, the quality, the durability, the long-term energy output. They're subjective because they're not based on real scientific comparison data or objective studies. They're manufacturer claims. And and so, to me, they don't really matter, especially since we're talking about differences that are going to really manifest themselves 25 and 30 years out. So our discussion today applies to home and commercial systems. We're typically talking about high-efficiency panels that are mounted on rooftops. The large-scale utility systems have different issues and often use panels with different characteristics. Home and business panels are optimized for sloped or flat rooftops. Now, as I mentioned, there's a wild card in your choices of solar panels when it comes to what panels should I buy. It's almost to the point of what panels can I get, not what panels can I buy. Because the threatened tariff has completely wiped out the inventory of almost all popular panels, and what's left is more expensive than it was just a month or two ago. Okay, so let's talk about the differences among panels. So first, some general background. The quality perceptions are there about panels. It's perceptions that are created by advertising and marketing, not realities. It's not like we're buying a car where there's really clearly different quality performance and convenience features. I mean, you can buy a car that has a certain horsepower engine with a certain stereo system with certain handling characteristics and seats. Really, really objective. With solar, it's much more subjective. And the reason is solar panels are commodity. It's like computer memory. Computer memory is sold based on a dollar per megabyte, gigabyte basis. And solar panels are sold based on a dollar per watt basis. All panels put out the same amount of energy per rated watt of power, regardless of manufacturer and other claims. So, for example, 30 panels, each of which put out 200 watts, it put out a total of 6,000 watts. Those 30 lower efficiency panels are going to put out exactly the same amount of energy in a year as 20 300-watt panels. That's just a scientific fact. Now, the 300-watt panels are more efficient, 50% more efficient, but they're much more expensive. You know, so, so you have to kind of take that into account. To me, it's very much like bottled water. You're making a decision based on branding, not really a difference on the performance of the product. So here's the implication when you're looking at different high-efficiency, low-efficiency panels. If you have the roof space, lower-efficiency panels are always less expensive than higher-efficiency panels. Now, if you have a constrained roof space, you only have room for, say, 20 panels, and you have a big electric bill, obviously then you want to go with higher-efficiency panels. Okay. Let's look at some of the characteristics of solar panels. They're all about the same size that go on rooftops. They're 60-cell panels. They're rectangular. They're 65 inches high, 40 inches wide, putting out between, say, 250 to 350 watts or more. They all have 60 cells. This is the most common design. Industry's kind of standardized on that. Why? Because it's something that one person can carry. Utility-scale installations use panels that are a little bit bigger, and actually it, it kind of tips the scale over. It's very hard for a normal-sized person to carry a 72-cell panel, especially if you get hit by a little bit of a breeze. Now, once again, all these panels use crystalline silicon. Some are polycrystalline. The cells are usually blue. You can see little patterns in the cells. Many of the 
panels now are monocrystalline. They're usually black, and you don't see patterns in the cells. Mono is more efficient, costs a little bit more. Poly has better temperature characteristics, but it's not going to make a big difference to you on your roof. We don't, on the rooftops for residential, use anything that has cadmium telluride. That's like first solar. Or SIGs, it's a copper indium gallium selenide compound. Those aren't as popular, and, and there's some toxic materials in there, and I wouldn't want them on my roof. Now, some manufacturers claim special designs within their panels, the wiring, whatever. Really, what matters at the end of the day to you is price and efficiency. So that's what we're going to focus on. Now, as far as the configuration, all the panels have aluminum frames. They have tempered glass on the front. They can resist hail. They're pretty unbreakable. And you know they, these things just last. They all pretty much look the same, work the same, have the same 25-year warranty. Sometimes they have a little bit more, longer warranties, 30 years. Sometimes the, the curve of the warranties are a little bit different. Manufacturers have different anecdotal data and undocumented claims about better degradation characteristics. They reflect less light. There's less long-term potential-induced degradation, all kinds of stuff like that. A lot of it are just claims. There's not reliable third-party data showing how these claims really make a difference. So how do you decide? Well, I used to say that you buy panels from the biggest companies. That was kind of a good way to ensure long-term reliability. But when I looked at the actual data, I realized that I was wrong. My, my friend Paula Mintz at SPV Market Research has done some good analysis of this. And I, I kind of take a look at the, the panels that were in the top 10 worldwide list in 2001, 2005, 2010, 2016. So here are the top 10 manufacturers in the world in 2016. I'm just going to read them down. Jinko, Trina, Canadian, Hanwha Q-Cells, JA, GCL, First Solar, Yingli, Talisun, and Ryzen. You probably haven't heard of half of those companies. Now, in 2001, 16 years ago, the top 10 manufacturers were Sharp Solar, BP Solar, Kyocera, Shell, AstroPower, Shot, Isophoton, Photowatt, Sanyu, and Kaneka. Now, you probably never heard of most of those names. Here's the sad reality. In 2001, none of the companies that were on the 2001 list made the list in 2016. Only one of those companies from 2001 is even still in business. That's Kyocera. But they've no longer actively sold panels in the U.S. over the last six months or so. They basically shut down many of their operations because they couldn't do it affordably. Only two of the companies, let's kind of set the look forward five more years, in 2006, only two of the companies that were in the top 10 in 2006 are still in business in the U.S. right now. So here's the surprising point. I no longer consider company size to be a good indicator of quality. And, and in fact, I don't even, in most cases, unless it's a really well-known consumer brand, I don't even consider company size to be a good indication of whether they're going to meet their warranty obligations. So I looked at 10 years of data from 2001 to 2010 of the top 10 companies, 10 in each year. 51 of the top 10 companies went bankrupt, sold out, or shut down. Wow. Half of the companies in 2001 were gone by 2010. I expect to see about the same thing happen over the next 10 years. They're not going to be around to honor their warranties. So you want to pick up from a company that really is, is solid, that's not going to just, boom, suddenly shut down the doors and go out of business. Now, let's look at the top 10 list for 2016. This is kind of interesting. 80% of the companies in the top 10 list in 2016 are headquartered in China. Now, realistically, China, they make really good electronics. That's where we get almost all of our cell phones, all of our computers. You know, Asia is just a good, high-volume, low-labor-cost, high-quality place to do manufacturing. Now, in that top 10 list for 2016, there's only one company that's headquartered in the U.S. that manufactures, one company that manufactures in the U.S. That's First Solar. 
One company is headquartered in Korea. That's Hanwha Q-Cells. Q-Cells used to be a German company, a manufacturer of cells. They kind of bought another Chinese company called Solar Fund. And then Hanwha, a big chemical manufacturing company in Korea, kind of rolled them together into Hanwha. That, that's pretty good. So, you know, First Solar makes utility-scale panels. Hanwha Q-Cells, they make, you know, panels for everybody. Those are the only two companies that are not headquartered in China. So you have to take a look at it realistically. The size of the company really doesn't matter when it comes to stability in the solar market. These companies may still be around. I mean, heck, I look at look back at, in 2001. I mean, Sharp is still in business, although I think they got sold. BP Solar is still pumping oil. Kyocera is still there. Shell is still there. Sanyo got bought by Panasonic. You know, so half of them are kind of still in one way or another around, but they're not in the solar business anymore. Okay, now, what about panels that are made in the U.S.? Well, it's ideal if we make solar panels in the U.S. because we're going to be supporting U.S. jobs and U.S. manufacturing. Now, but the reality is that U.S.-made panels are almost always more expensive than panels that are made in other areas of the world. It's a very simple reason, because labor is more expensive here. The other reason, which is a little bit more subtle, is that almost none of the components that go into a solar panel the solar cells, the special glass, the junction boxes, the glue, the wire. Almost none of those things are available in the U.S., or if they are, they're available at a much higher price. And even the aluminum frames. You can get the aluminum frames for solar panel extruded in the U.S. They're expensive. You can get them made in China. Same quality. I've compared them, and they're half the price in China or other countries. So it's kind of a challenge even for U.S. manufacturing to say, okay, we're going to make panels here, but they're stuck with a supply chain that is just more expensive and, and longer than a lot of the more integrated companies that are in Asia. Okay, now, there are some companies that seem like they're U.S. companies or, or North American companies, but they're not headquartered here. So headquartering in the U.S. does not mean that they're manufacturing in the U.S. So it's really tricky in the solar industry to figure out where the country of origin of the solar panels is because you can't look at the name of the company or the location of the headquarters. And here's some examples. The biggest manufacturer of solar panels and cells r until recently was SolarWorld in the U.S. SolarWorld is a German company. Their main factory for the U.S. is in Oregon. It was previously owned by Shell, which was previously owned by Siemens, which was previously owned by Arco. It's kind of handed down over the, the last 20 years. They make good, but the panels were expensive. They really couldn't keep up with the, the price in the industry. And then, unfortunately, they went bankrupt earlier this year. All right. The second biggest company in the U.S. is Ceneva. Ceneva had a really great solar cell technology. They're based in Georgia. But they had some problems. They ended up getting investment and then acquired by a Chinese company. But even though they had extra investment money, they still couldn't keep up with the volume and the product and the quality that overseas companies were providing. And they unfortunately also went bankrupt early this year. Okay, we're kind of going down the, the, the list of the companies that are actually making, making panels in the U.S., Probably one of the biggest right now is a company called Seraphim. They're in Jackson, Mississippi. Great, great company, great factory. And I kind of visit almost all these factories. I, I had the pleasure of visiting Seraphim's factory earlier this year. State-of-the-art factory. They're also owned by a Chinese company, but they're making great products. I'm pretty impressed. They're high volume, high quality. But they're, 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 as I mentioned, owned by a Chinese company. And that really kind of helps them with their quality and their volume and their equipment. But unfortunately, they don't have cells that are made in the U.S., so they're still buying cells from Asia, which is okay, and they're assembling the panels in the U.S. 
And, you know, the panels are good, but I don't necessarily think they're better than panels you can get in other places. But, heck, it's made in the USA. Now, Auxin is another company, kind of like Seraphim. They're based here in San Jose. Not quite the same scale. They make really good quality stuff. I haven't been in- installing Auxin panels for over three years. It's great. But they also have to buy cells and most of their components from overseas. So their pricing isn't that competitive either. All right, let's go down the list. Canadian Solar. Sounds Canadian. <laughs> Okay, their cells and modules are made in China. It's actually a a Chinese headquartered company, but they're called Canadian Solar. They make great stuff, no doubt about it. One of the biggest in the world. SunPower, also headquartered in San Jose. Great company. You know, my view, makes some of the best panels. Very efficient, but really, really expensive. SunPower focuses on their brand. It's made, you know, it's a USA company. Great branding, but really expensive. The reality, their modules and their cells are made in in the Philippines and Malaysia. Almost none of it is made here in the U.S. Good products, but... Too expensive in my view. All right, First Solar, another really big company. They only make utility-scale systems. Their panels use cadmium telluride instead of silicon. It works great for utility-scale installations, not any good for residential rooftops. You're going to get breakage over there, and also cadmium's toxic, so you don't want it on your roof. All right, now let's look at a couple of other companies that I like. Boviet. Probably never heard of Boviet. It's owned by a huge Chinese mining and metals company that got into solar about five or six years ago. They decided to put a factory in Vietnam, which I've been to. Really impressive factory, brand new. So they're able to use kind of what I call the Chinese bill of materials, really affordable components, wafers, glass, frames, back sheets, things like that. But they assemble it in Vietnam where the labor is lower and there's no tariffs. Now, Boviet also makes panels for Canadian solar, for Jinko, et cetera. So if you're putting in Canadian or Jinko panels, very likely that they were made by Boviet. If you can look at the label, it says made in Vietnam. Bingo, you know. All right. These panels are great. I've had zero problems with them. Very affordable, very good quality one of my favorites. Okay, another company that I like, and you probably like them too, LG. Huge Korean company. I like their TVs and refrigerators. They make some of the highest efficiency panels. That company's not going anywhere. I mean, they're they're huge. They've been around for a long time. Top brand, yes, but also more cost-effective than some of the highest efficiency panels. So we're, we're using LG for people who are looking at like the latest and greatest branded product that are really high efficiency. And most of what we installed at Cinnamon Solar is using Bovia. But we've used almost everything else except for First Solar for the past you know, 17 years. Almost all of them are good. All right, so here's an important point talking about our experience doing installations. When you do an installation, you want to stay in business. We do maintenance on these old systems too. So we're regularly updating, checking, fixing 15, 20-year-old systems. People sometimes need to re-roof. They need to remove the panels. Squirrels eat the wires or the inverters die. I mean, these things just happen on your roof. So we've got lots of experience looking at some of these older systems. And you know what? Most of the old panels from the companies that are no longer in business they're still working fine. You know, the, the Sharp panels, they're still working fine. The Kyocera panels, they're not, you know, selling in the U.S. They're still working fine. So it's not a big concern. There are a few exceptions, and I'll talk about that later. Now, so we're talking about the exceptions. We're looking at kind of the reliability. Now, let's look at this scientifically. Let's look at the reliability data. Unfortunately, there's almost no data. It's almost all anecdotal. The manufacturers are very timid about disclosing when there's problems. Eh, it's like pretty much any consumer industry, right? Car companies try and keep a cover on any problems until they fix it. And if it's a, obviously if it's a safety problem, they have to disclose it, but they keep quiet about it. Now, the reality is that the manufacturers, if they're still in business, will back the warranties. Now, the degree to which they back the warranties. Some companies are very generous and, and, and quick. Some companies are an absolute nightmare to deal with, even though they're still in business, but they're there to back the warranties. Almost never, ever a failure of a solar panel. All right, so recently saw some public disclosures talking about these studies, what really is making a difference. So 
The reliability of the modules is affected mostly by the raw materials that are selected. Same module with the same module number can have different reliability characteristics because sometimes they use different cells, different glue, different black sheets, different junction boxes. And the field failures of PV equipment is usually from material issues or failures in quality control during the manufacturing process. So what happens if they're a problem? What do you do? Well, the size and stability of the company is going to be your biggest indication as to whether or not they're going to promptly meet their warranty obligations. Big public companies are going to be good. But a lot of the companies that are, that are small, private, went bankrupt or got acquired, not so good. And as I mentioned, no historic relationship between the size of the company and the longevity or the ability to support their warranties. So, you know, when you talk to installers, some installers have a preference because they have a lot of inventory or because they have a special arrangement or because they've signed an agreement that makes them exclusive to one manufacturer or another. So those companies aren't going to really tell you what's the best. They're going to tell you what they can sell. The other thing is most installers... To be efficient, install a narrow range of products because every time you use a different product, very slight differences in characteristics. You got to re-engineer systems, change your processes. You might not have inventory, so if you put 24 panels on somebody's roof and they want one more or one breaks, it's a hassle to get it again. So to be efficient, installers like to narrow their selection. The other thing is the biggest installers, even the medium ones, because of the the tariff situation, they have no idea what panels they're going to install next month because they don't know what they're going to be able to get. So they're basically just kind of selling you something generic. So real reason why installers have a preference is that it's based on their cost. It's based on what they can do efficiently, not based on necessarily what's best. All right. And I mentioned now we have a wild card from the International Trade Commission because there's this tariff coming down the pike. And it's not only what's the best panel. I mean, I can tell you what might be the best panel. And you might not be able to get those next month or in three months. So almost all the prices have gone up. And it's kind of tricky to to figure out what to get. So I have some advice for, for customers. Almost all installers buy from distributors. And here's what I learned when I shopped around recently for panels from the top 10 manufacturers. The Chinese manufacturers are almost all completely sold out, or their panels at higher prices. You can get older panels at low efficiencies. And what you can get now is going to be even worse than what you can get in two months. Overseas manufacturers, almost all of them, stop shipping to the U.S. until the tariff is decided sometime in November, December, or January. The highest efficiency panels from SunPower and Panasonic probably still available, but even more expensive than before. It's still possible to get medium efficiency panels from Bovia, still possible to get high efficiency panels from LG, and we're happily offering those to customers, and still possible to get like lower efficiency kind of um, closeout products from, from smaller Chinese companies. So here's my closing advice, because it's, it's kind of tougher than ever to figure this out. Find an installer you trust based on their references and at least... You get references. Find somebody that's had a system installed for at least one year because then they get their true up bill and then they can actually tell you what happened. The panel manufacturer doesn't make a big difference. I can't remember a single customer who was ever unhappy with the solar panels they bought ever whether it's after one month or after 10 years. They basically don't care. They just care about the electric bill. Where you're going to really focus on is you want to spend more money on a quality installation from an established local contractor that's been in business for a while. That way you're going to get better service and most likely a lower price for your system. Okay, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.